at Romans chapter 5, the end of the chapter. Now we're backing up and seeing the very beginning of the chapter. Uh, another one of those key passages we need to know. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the Word of God. Remain standing then for the song that follows. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. May God bless the reading of his word. I do believe strongly in the power of God's word when it's read and then hopefully when it's preached. Uh, It's an awesome responsibility to try to stretch out the word of God in a little bit longer period. And I often refer to preaching just as that as stretching the truth. Uh, Not in a bad way, but just calling us to spend just a little bit longer with the Scripture to allow it to do its work in our lives. However, just because the Word of God is so powerful, it's kind of dangerous, too, because oftentimes we can misinterpret that Word, and we miss the real intent that God has for His Word in our lives. For example, one verse that I happen to see a lot on people's t-shirts and posters and various places is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And in one translation or another, it says something like this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Y'all know that verse? However, the bad thing about it is that oftentimes we take that verse and totally misapply it. We think that what that means is, whatever I decide I want to do, Christ will help me do it. That's not at all what God is saying. We can come up with some really strange ideas of what we think are wonderful goals, and to say that whatever I want to do, Christ will help me do that. In my case, I hope that's not the case. And that's not really what it's saying. If we look at that passage within its context, we learn that Paul is talking about that he has been through times where he had, had abundance and he had been through times when he had nothing at all. But through Christ, he could endure every situation in life, that Christ would help him get through whatever he was facing in a faithful and true way. That's different. Now, the reason we're talking about this is because in this passage that I just read in Romans, there's another one of those texts that can be misunderstood if we're not careful. Here it is. It's verses 3 and 4, and it says this. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, then, produces character, and character produces hope. Well, we can understand that progression, how that sometimes when we suffer things that it makes us stronger, and therefore we persevere, we endure, and because we have persevered, we develop a depth of character, and out of that depth of character springs our hope. 
But I'm here to tell you that that verse doesn't always work. That if we just pull that verse out and say, there it is, I can say, wait a minute. I've seen instances where suffering did not produce perseverance. I've seen instances where suffering produces depression. Suffering produces anger. Suffering produces misery. I've seen instances, especially when the suffering is the suffering of loneliness, where suffering has produced a lot of bad decisions in life. I've seen young people who feel rejected and pushed aside make decisions of which way they're going to go in life that are disastrous for them and their families. So if that's all we had was that verse... I'd have to raise my hand and say, I don't know if I believe that or not, because I don't think that's always true. That's why we have to make sure we've also read Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, to put it into context, to see what is necessary to make verses 3 and 4 true. In chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, Paul says this, Therefore, Since we have been justified by faith. Now, that word faith is an important step. The most important step we ever make in our lives. Faith is just a cold, hard decision that we make. It's not a feeling. It's not just sort of a wispy little thing. It is a decision that one time when we're sitting there or sometimes that that we just say, okay, This is what I'm going to believe. I am going to function and believe and operate under the assumption that Jesus Christ is truly God's Son. I'm going to live my life under the idea and assumption that He really is the way, as He said He was. That the way to live is His way. And that the way to live is through him. I am going to build my life on the idea that Jesus was right when he said, I am the truth. That if you want to know what is real, you want to know what is true, you come to me and you will see the truth. And I'm going to live my life under the assumption that he is life itself. That any other way to live is inferior that any other way to live other than holding on to him and trusting in him will not get me anywhere, especially beyond this life. Now, that's a decision we make. And in order for verses 3 and 4 to work, we have to have made that decision first, that we are going to believe. And if we do that, Paul says, then we have peace with God. And that's what really defines what that word justification means. We've been justified by faith. Justified by faith means we have been put together with God. We have become friends of God. And we can take a deep breath and say, you know, because I have chosen to put my faith in Christ, things are good between me and God. I am his child. He loves me. It's okay. All of this 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul's not through yet. Through whom we have gained access by this faith. When we made this decision that we're going to believe in Jesus, we're going to trust him. He picks us up and puts us on our feet in his grace. I love the way Paul chose the word, now we stand in this grace. Because left up to me, I make mistakes. Left up to me, I fall down. Left up to me, I struggle. But because of our faith, we stand in God's grace. On our feet. And things can be good. And he's not through yet. And not only that, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, hope doesn't mean a wish. Hope means expectation. We live our life expecting that one day we will see God in all of his glory. And no matter how good things are here on this earth, no matter how bad things here on this earth, the very best that we will ever experience lies ahead of us. And we live our lives not just wishing that's true, we live our lives expecting that to be true. Now do you see why those verses set up what he says then in verses three and four? This is why we can rejoice even when things are not going well. This is why we can rejoice even though we are suffering. Because with that faith, with that peace, with that grace, then we know that our suffering will produce perseverance. Our perseverance will produce character, and character will give us that hope. But he's not through yet. Romans 5, 5. And hope does not disappoint us. A lot of things in life disappoint us. We could sit around for a long time, talk around about what we've been disappointed by in life. We can come up with fantasies and dreams and wishes. You know, we, we may wish that we could live to be 100 years old in good health, no dementia, no Alzheimer's, no cancer. But most of us in this room will be disappointed by that dream. And if that's what we set up there as, as our hope, that will disappoint us. We may have this fantasy that everything in my marriage is going to be easy, that my spouse will stay with me for life. Many of us in this room have been disappointed by that dream. We may have the idea that, that our children are going to turn out just like we stamped them out with that cookie cutter, you know? Here's what you're going to be. Here's, you know, what you're going to do. You're going to make these decisions in life, and we can be disappointed by that. We can be disappointed by other people, people that we think we know so well, and then something happens, and you find out they weren't really the person you thought they were. So many things can disappoint us. But Paul says, our hope 
never will. Hope does not disappoint. Many of you are aware that Pat and I just came back from Tyler, town we lived in for a long time and have some dear friends in. And one of our dearest friends of all, the couple that we stayed with whenever we went back to visit and just felt such a bond with, he passed away suddenly, went to bed one night and didn't wake up the next morning. As far as we had known, he was perfectly healthy. It was quite a shock. And in thinking back about travels we had had with them and conversations and funny stories and on and on about all we had experienced with John, as I stood before his casket trying to think of something to say, one scene that came back into my mind was one of the last times we stayed in their home. And John and I were sitting in his den, talking and laughing and just enjoying ourselves. And he said, oh, let, me, let, me, let me show you something. He got a DVD out, put it in. It was a DVD of the 2005 Rose Bowl. Now, for you who are not, you know, true orange, that may not mean anything, but that was Texas' last national championship when they beat USC, who deserved it. <laughs> but the game didn't go real well at the beginning, and uh, he was fast-forwarding and stopping a little bit along the way and watching some of the highlights, and he got down to the point where the game was almost over, and USC had the lead. Fourth down, they had the ball. All they had to do was make less than a yard, and for all intents and purposes, the game was over. There would be no way that Texas could win. And so he was playing that part, and USC broke the huddle, and they came up, and Sandra got over the ball, and he stopped it. And he looked at me, and he said, you know... This is a lot easier to watch now that we know how it ends. Life is a lot easier when we know how it ends. And hope does not disappoint us. Because we have put our faith in Christ. Because he has put us firmly in his grace, planted on our feet. Because we have peace with God, that even our struggles have meaning. Because our struggles produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character gives us hope. And hope does not disappoint us. I'm about out of time, but Paul's not through yet. <laughs> Why is this, he says? How do we know that hope does not disappoint us? There we go. Because God's has pour, God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given us. There's two words I just want to emphasize in this last part of this, this passage. First word is love. I, I can't really describe to you all about God's love. I don't understand why he loves us the way he does. I can just tell you this one thing. I can tell you what shape God's love is. God's love is shaped like a cross. I know this 
because as Paul continues on this, he says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. You too? All right, I believe. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone must die to dare to die. But we're not righteous. We're not good. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he finishes up, since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, I know I say that, but that's true, for If when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. You know, the death of Jesus is a historical event. It's over, it's gone with, it's in the past. It's something that happened way back then. It's still, the effects of it still go into today, but it's not recreated, it just is there. it, it, It happened long ago. And that reconciled us then back to God. However, how much more having been reconciled Shall we be saved through his life? To be saved means to be made whole, to be healed. And we're healed through the fact that we have a living Savior who's still with us, that when we fall down, he picks us up, puts us back on our feet. Whenever we're hurt, he comes to us and heals us. Whenever we're struggling, he holds us up and he pushes us on and he comforts us. We're saved because we have a living Savior. And we're saved by his life. One more word I want to point out to you. Hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Our hope endures because God doesn't take an eyedropper and say, there's a little. He doesn't take a teaspoon and says, here's a little more. It's a waterfall. It's a fire hose. His love is poured into our hearts. And because of that, we know this hope. Because of that, we continue on. Hope does not, will not, ever disappoint us. Take that first step. Take that first step of faith that I will live as if Jesus is the Son of God who died for me and lives forever so that we might live in hope. Let's stand and sing.